How should we respond when we hear troubling news? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me is Brian Dimbozik, our managing editor. Today, we are turning our attention uh, back toward Jerusalem and covering the first half of the book of Nehemiah. So last week, we talked about, Sam and I talked about Esther, and today we are continuing this this journey in this post-exilic period um, as we move toward the end of the Old Testament and into the New. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Brian, that kind of sets up a little bit of where this falls in the narrative, but how about you give us a few more details? Well, it's the same. If, if anybody's been listening to the last handful of episodes, we have also covered Ezra. Same time frame. We are looking at the 400s or so, um, mid-400s, where uh, the people have been allowed to return to the land. Some have. By this time, when we get to Nehemiah, and again, Ezra and Nehemiah are counterparts. Um, a lot of times they're, they're, they're looked at together as one kind of book, one, one thought process. Um, and so you have uh, the, the this temple has been rebuilt, uh, but the walls are still in, in ruin. So that's where we are right now. Uh, and then we're going to Meet a guy named Nehemiah, the second shortest person in the Bible. There was one guy who was a shoe height. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. This podcast is already over. Nehemiah, and then you have a shoe height. Nope, nope, nope. Let's just move on. That's right. This is is for the best for everybody. So uh, what questions should we be asking when we read and study this passage? Exactly how tall was Nehemiah? No, 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 we no. should not be asking no, that question. Right. So I think um, we should be asking how you pronounce his name because Nehemiah. I mean you should always wonder wonder about that. Yeah. So, well, I, I think the first question is, of course, how the book opens. We we encounter Nehemiah. He's not mm-hmm. in the land. Uh, he's actually a cupbearer, right. and he hears this report that the walls of Jerusalem are in disrepair, and it it crushes him. It really affects him deeply, which, as we know, that was a risky thing. He's the cupbearer, and you do not want to look distraught um, in, in, in the king's presence. So why would he be so distraught? What was so significant about the walls of Jerusalem being in disrepair? We can understand the temple. Uh, that was the place of worship. That's a place where God, his presence dwelled with earth. So there's a weightiness to the temple. But in today, in our culture, we don't usually think of walls as being that important. Um, for some things, I mean, walls are important, um, but a lot of times walls are decorative for us. And so, okay, well, in that day, is, of course, walls were vital. You, you had to have strong walls around your city. And when we talk about these walls, we're talking about significant walls. These are not small. These are tall and wide, um, heavy stone to protect, to fortify the city. And so without these these walls, you have God's people who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. Part of it is, hey, look, um, God had promised to, to take care of his people, provide for them, and protect them, and here they are in the land, and the land is now occupied again by all these other peoples who are enemies, and we're going to encounter them in, in this, in, this account. And 
God's people need strong walls around the city of Jerusalem. But there's a bigger reason. I think this is why Nehemiah was so distraught, because God could be impugned mm. because of the walls being in disrepair. Think about it. You are a pagan living near Jerusalem. You hear these people who say, yeah, we are God's people. We, we serve the one true God, right. which is the lesson they, they learned in the exile period. Yes. Uh, they have other issues by the time we get to the Gospels, but that's a lesson they learned well. The discipline that God put them under through the Assyrians and Babylonians took root. Yes. And so they are eager to proclaim, we are the people of the one true God. Yeah. And a pagan people around them could point to their walls and say, really? How powerful is your God? He can't even protect you in a city. Yeah. And you're trying to say, he, look, we have walls. Mm-hmm. So there's this this issue here of God's character being at stake, and I think that's what moved Nehemiah so deeply. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, another question that we should be asking really is, is um, how important was Nehemiah in all of this? So it's one thing to be distraught about something, but it's another thing for him to actually um, play the role that, that he did. Yeah. And, um, I mean, certainly we see that we do see him, um, as a man who was burdened for God's people and for God's glory. Really? Um, he was a man of prayer. I mean, that was his first response to this was he, he couldn't, he, he prayed for a significant period of time. Yeah, and, a, and the prayer that's recorded is a beautiful prayer. It is, it is. And it is, um, yeah, you just have to just go spend some time. Press pause on this podcast. Go and just read that, and and you will be blessed by that. Um, he was a man who motivated people, as we see later in the book. He was a man who organized people as well, and um, and we see that he was a he was really he was a good leader. Yeah. Um, and so we can we can take away from from just paying attention to him that um, that. Not just leadership matters, but the godly leadership matters. What made him a good leader ultimately was his was more of his faith than it was um, his basic skills. I mean, a whole like think about it. He it, he exercised faith at every step of mm-hmm. at every step of the way. He prayed for a significant period of time. Um, again, go read that prayer. Um, then. He goes back. He sets about going back to his job, and he's in a and he's in a place of great vulnerability because he's coming to work, and he's um, you know he's sad and depressed and um, you know blotchy eyed, you know all these kind of things, and the king, basically from from what we we can glean from the text, uh, his approach to to it is is um, happy workers. Everyone put on a smiling, put on a happy face. <laughs> um, everything is awesome when you're part of my team, or I'll kill you. That's right. right. Everything's awesome <laughs> so, when you're part of a team. Yeah, exactly. So that is that's his approach: is is happy or die. So, um, but so he exercises faith when the king is like, "Hey, what's wrong?" He's like, "I see that you're. I see something is wrong here. What is going on?" And and he prays right before he says anything to the king. And um, and that's that's so wise. And he comes out with this incredible plan that is so he was prepared. Oh yeah. He's not like he's not like, hey, can I go do this maybe kind of sorta? He's like, hey, my people are in distress. My home my the the walls of my of my homeland of my home city are are in ruins. I need to go and fix it and I need you to pay for it. That's right. <laughs> 
and God hey, blesses him in that. That's right. That's right. So, um, so I mean, that's that's incredible faith right there. And then through the through the travel there, through the actual building, through preparing the people to do it, all yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, this he was – you are absolutely right. The faith that he had was what made him such a great leader. But we would be mistaken to not recognize he had some good leadership skills as well, practical. Um, you know, him going out and doing the survey of the wall, when he gets there and at night he goes out and kind of looks at thick, checks things out, the way he organized the people. So it was a nice mixture uh, because I think here there, there's this this important point that we see the beauty of godly leadership. And, and for us, it should be an encouragement in our role as leaders or with the leaders that God has put over us. Yeah. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to have any leaders say, well, I just love Jesus so much. And that's all I need as a leader. Right. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, you, need, you need skills. Yeah, they're, they're, you need to be competent and so forth. You mm-hmm. lean on, on Christ first and foremost because yes. you don't want to make the other mistake. We have plenty of leaders who are very competent, uber competent, who do not necessarily love Jesus as they should. Right. They rely on themselves exactly. and not on yeah. So I think him. both we, when we look at Nehemiah, I think we need to appreciate that he he had both those things. That he brought the yeah. bear faith primarily, but then there were also these these great practical skills. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other question that that is worth asking is um, why did the enemies of of the people want to stop this work? Yeah, it's the similar as uh, question we had with the the temple. There was mm-hmm. the when when God's people started building the temple and the people around started mocking them and scorning them, um, which caused the people to stop. Same thing going on here. Y- you've got the people of Israel who are back in the center of of this land. Um, they knew the other peoples knew the history. They knew that these people used to live here, and they they kind of took care of themselves pretty well. God doing it through them, of course. Yeah, of course. So they they this is a threat. This is a potential threat. And if you can nip this threat in the bud here, man, uh, that's so much better. You don't want them to finish building these walls. So they come mm-hmm. and they just kind of lay it on thick to try to prevent that. But also, you have um, you just have the the overarching. This is the hardness of the human heart. People yeah. are by in their wiring. Against God. Yes. Contrary to God. Mockers and scorners of God. So both those things are playing in here just as they had with the building of the temple. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So most important question that we can ask of this passage or any passage is, how does it point us to Jesus? Well, I think there are two ways, and, and we're just going to kind of hit them pretty yeah. briefly because they're pretty self-evident when we when we explain them, um, unless there's anything you kind of think we need to talk through. But the first one is, is this. Just as the walls were the protection of the people, protected them from the enemies of foreign nations and so forth, Jesus... Mm-hmm. Jesus is our greater protector. He protects us from the greater enemies of sin and death. And yeah. so, you know, as, as we read this, we don't think we're not a people who just need walls. We are people who need Christ to come and 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 protect us from sin and death through his completed work on the cross and through the empty tomb. The second way um, is, is that idea of shame. We go back to the walls being in disrepair. This could be a reproach and a source of shame for the people and for God. And so Jesus is the one who has come to take away our shame. He Mm -hmm. removes it. Think back to Eden right after the fall, Adam and Eve sow fig leaves to try to cover their shame. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the first implications of the fall of sin is this, this idea of shame and a desire, a need to cover that shame. And there, of course, we see that God said, no, 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 you cannot cover your shame. These leaves are, are inadequate. 
I will cover your shame. And mm-hmm. he, he brings forth the uh, first animal sacrifice, so to yeah. speak, and uses animal skins to cover Adam and Eve. And so that's really important. God will cover shame, and the way he covers shame is through the shedding of blood of another. That's what's also playing here, that the people are, have the shame, but they will not be able to do anything about their shame. God will step in, and he will yeah. He will cover their shame. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, another there – is, there is something else, too, that, that's here as well. I mean, if you think about um, – you know, we talked about – Nehemiah and and his exercising of faith, um, in in that in that respect, as a as a leader and as a as a man who man of faith, um, he was pointing he was really pointing the way forward for the greatest man of faith and for the greatest leader of God's people that could be asked for, which is Je- who is Jesus Himself. Um, I mean, He leads us out of sin and death and into new life. He, he, um, he exercised incredible faith in his humanity yeah. um, as well, going to, the, going to the cross um, and into the grave uh, um, and willingly doing it um, despite all of, the, all of the temptations and the, 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 the inevitably the fears even that came with it that, that we see in the garden as well um, and that Despite and despite those that he did not waver and that he he asked and relied on God for help in that, um, relied on his father for that. So um, so that's one other way as well. But um, let's think about this book. Let's think about Nehemiah from the perspective of a group leader, someone serving in students or kids ministry, um, someone who is across the table like you and I are right now. Um, so uh, one person discipling another or a group of other people. Um, what kind of guidance can we offer them in working through this passage together? Well, the, the first thing is is uh, we have to be careful, and I think we've we intimated this to a degree, but let's be clear. We, we can't turn this into a leadership skill study. Right. I have often heard that people will take Nehemiah, either preach a sermon series or a special event or something, mm-hmm. and the emphasis is, hey, let's learn these leadership lessons and it's it's turned almost all into that right again as we said before it, it there's a good point there right. we we can and should learn from nehemiah yes but that is not the ultimate goal of this book as we know all the scriptures about christ every time we study scripture we need to get to christ so don't stop short yeah it's really tempting it's enticing it's important even yeah but you're stopping short. If all your people leave with is this understanding of how I can be a better leader, right? they're missing it. They need to leave with the beauty of Christ. Oh, and by the way, I also picked up some things about leadership I need to consider to yeah. honor Christ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with with gleaning leadership principles from Nehemiah's account. Uh, it's a good thing. But if we are not if we are not focusing on Jesus in it, it is we're missing it. Um, at the same time, we also don't want to look past um, the really the lesson that we see in the book about community um, and the necessity of it. That so we have to remember that Nehemiah he didn't set to work doing like rebuilding the walls himself. He rallied all the people together and and all of them worked together. Um, in families. And so that there's a helpful implication for us as well that we have to remember that the the Christian life is not um, is is not a solo activity and the mission and the mission of God 
is also not something that we do yeah. um, in isolation. It's a communal activity. Um, it's it's something that we need one another for because together we show the beauty of the gospel um, as people from um, a often incredibly different backgrounds who have no reason to know one another, let alone like one another, um, and and that we are brought together and made into a family. Yeah. So, um, so Brian, I think that's a good place yep. for us to, to wrap this up. So thanks for chatting today, and uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Oh,